This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show is live on your YouTube machine. Good to be with you. As always, we are presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. You know him as the best injury attorneys in the business. And again, I'm going to hit you because we're just two weeks away now from Halloween and the advocates are working with the Road Home, one of the foremost homeless advocacy groups in the country, to raise money for homeless kids to have costumes on Halloween so that they can feel normal like all of us when we were kids. Remember all the great memories you had going out trick-or-treating? That's what the advocates are working with the road home to do. There is their Venmo on the screen if you're with us on YouTube, if you are listening on podcast. Uh, the advocates on Venmo are simply advocates donations, advocates donations on Venmo, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever you have. Uh, please consider a one time donation to the advocates to help homeless kids on Halloween. In the memo section, please put the Monty Show Halloween. That would be awesome. You guys are the best, as always. The Advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business at theadvocates.com. Full show for you. Yes, yes, finally. Jake is going to allow us to talk about the NBA today. What? The the, uh, anti-Australian current is over on the show. Uh, This this John Morant story that we're going to talk about coming up in an hour is stunning what espn has detailed on john morant you guys wow uh that's going to be an unbelievable conversation but we want to start with uh this story out of notre dame because i'm i'm a lot of things uh, but mainly when it comes to powerful people telling the truth i'm a bit of a skeptic i think you guys know that we've talked about it on the show repeatedly uh, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, is one of the most powerful guys uh, in college sports. He said today that the colleges need to collectively bargain with players, the athletes that attend their universities. They don't currently have a mechanism in place to do that. Jack Swarbrick just said the players, essentially the way I read it, and I'm going to show you the quote in a minute. Jack Swerbeck essentially just said the players have every right to make more money. They deserve to make more money. But Jake, how can we not sit here and say that Jack Swerbeck just damaged any chance the NCAA has of being credible when they say that that student athletes are not employees? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's the tough part is like the NCAA as a body is is seemingly taking hit after hit here, right? Like when you think about, you know, just where we where we were even five years ago to where we are now, I think we're clearly moving in the direction of student athletes, you know, being treated like employees when it comes to athletics. And I think that it's a necessary step. There's too much money in the marketplace. And so when we talk about you know, the NCAA uh, uh, seemingly trying to help its reputation in terms of, hey, we care about we care about our student athletes, but no, they shouldn't be treated like employees. Like that's the trouble that they're going to have. And and when, you know, a guy like Jack says those things, 
uh, as a guy who's in the position that he's in, it has a lot of weight. And I, the problem is, is I don't think he's wrong. I, I, I don't think that, that most people think he's right. wrong. I think the, the bigger issue for the NCAA is that the masses agree with Jack, and they don't. They, they want to find any way possible to continue the cool kids club, as I say. The group of guys that run the NCAA, that make all the money, and continue to take as much money out of is, the kids' is, pocket is, as possible. Is that really what it is? Because I think this is a really important conversation. It is, it is foundational. How much money and how you pay these players. Here's a quote from Jack Swarbrick. Uh, he was talking to Ross Dallinger at Yahoo Sports. Um, no shocker, Ross Dallinger leading the news cycle. Uh, quote, we don't have a mechanism to collectively bargain without them becoming employees. It would require a new mechanism. That would recognize the rights of student athletes to negotiate for the terms and conditions of their participation as athletes without being employees. I think it's worth considering. And read that second sentence again. It would require a new mechanism that would recognize the rights of student athletes to negotiate for the terms and conditions of their participation as athletes without being employees. And I think it is a stunning revelation from one of the most powerful people in all of college sports, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, to talk about openly, which is not common to talk openly about the fact that these, these athletes deserve rights, they deserve more money, and they deserve the ability to negotiate for that. I mean, call them employees if you want, and I've told you from the jump, I don't believe they're employees. I don't think they should be designated as employees. I think what these student athletes deserve is exactly what Jack Swarbrick's talking about. The, a seat at the table to have real conversations to secure their futures. That, to me, is the biggest part of this because it's all well and good that you make NIL money. But if you're, you know, in football, if you're doing brain damage to yourself that is everlasting, you need long-term health benefits. If you blew up your shoulder or broke your leg or blew out your knee, you need long-term health insurance. You need to make sure that that injury is, you recovered from that injury to 100%. You need to make sure that if you have an athletic future at the professional level, that the University of Notre Dame, in this case, is paying for an insurance policy. You need to make sure that the powers that be in the NCAA are not reaching into your pocket and taking your NIL money. That's what this is. It's not, hey, make them employees. It's give them a chance to negotiate. And if they don't like the terms that are being dictated by the NCAA or the university, they should be able to walk away and say, we're not going to play until you come to the table and, and meet our terms. I think that's what this is about. The ability to fight for what's best for these kids. And I don't mean to sit here on a soapbox and rail against the NCAA, but how many times are we going to have a conversation where the kid comes last? This, Whether it's North Carolina or any of these other eligibility arguments. Well, a kid transferred twice. We can't have that. How come? Why not? Why not? Why can't a kid transfer four times if he wants to? I, I, I just don't understand how you have all of these billions of dollars being thrown around and being made and earned by their athletic endeavors on the field, and they have no access to that money. 
Yeah. I believe they should have the ability to sit at the table and negotiate their, their money. That's what, and the shocking thing is when you look at what, what Swarbick is saying here, he, he is saying, no, they shouldn't be employees. And I a hundred percent agree with him. And this is the first time I have heard this. And Gene Smith at Ohio state did say something earlier. It was not this. It was not this groundbreaking. It was not this shocking to say that these kids need to have the ability to bargain with their universities without being categorized as employees is remarkable. It's remarkable. And I think it, I think it's long overdue. I, I, am I making too much out of it? I, 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 I don't think you're making too much out of it. I, I think in business, it's just something we haven't seen. Like if you take away the college factor for a second and you just treat this like, Hey, like this is this is a body of, for lack of a better term, employees. They're not employees, but we'll just use that term. It's a body of people doing work uh, for their company, but they don't have the ability to stipulate how much they get paid or their health benefits or like any of these these typical conversations that you know, whether it's just a regular individual employee or unions or whatever you want to look at, uh, are able to stipulate. And so the problem is, is that these these kids are not employees in the traditional sense. Yeah. But but as we move forward in college athletics, I, I think this type of aggressive thinking and more outside-the-box thinking has to continue to happen because, again, just like with expansion and realignment, I'm going to say it again. We've not seen this in college athletics. We've not been in a place where – you know, NIL, the structure of NIL as it currently exists is in existence. We've never had this before. So when you get new things, sometimes you have to think outside of the box because there's new situations and new discussions and conversations presented. And so I look at, I look at a, I, you know, in reading about this, like a great example of, you know, the players, the student athletes, you know, negotiating with who? Are they negotiating with their conference? Are they negotiating with their school? No, it the I, it's, at the, it's, the, it's at the university level. And I, I think that's... But when you think about collective bargaining, one of the things that a lot of people are talking about is like, uh, just an easy example is, hey, like, get, how many games are we going to play? Like, you know, based on the number of games, that's obviously going to affect uh, or affect how much, you know, things like insurance would cost or like, how you know percentages of pay that you would get? Like sure, I, I and I, I agree. You need a university needs to understand its fixed costs. I totally understand that, but this is going to trickle up the 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 ladder. It's going to start at the university level because they're going to want to be able to leverage the benefits that they provide in recruiting. There's no question about that. Sure, I think it's going to trickle up from the university to the conference and eventually to the NCAA because. Uh, again, this is quite literally a crisis of existence for the NCAA because people are going to go after their their status as the behemoth in college athletics. And I think they should. I mean, we're we're seeing this with all this realignment uh, that we just came through that's going to happen again. I think the NCAA is becoming less and less relevant in those situations. And I think when you look at somebody like, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's got all the money they need to do whatever it is they want to do. They don't have to do what the NCAA tells them to do. They don't have to do what any other university tells them to do. And frankly, their football program's independent. So what do they care what the ACC is doing in basketball? I don't think they do. 
And I, I think it starts at the university level, and I think it's going to trickle its way up because there's no way that you are going to have one university in a, in a conference that's doing it better and more effectively because we've seen what a disaster NIL has been in that, in that regard, right? So I don't think you're going to see that happen. I think we are learning and growing and evolving, and I think you're going to see this start at the university level. I think it's going to trickle up to the to the uh, conference level, and then at some point it's going to get all the way up to the NCAA or whatever the governing body of college sports ends up being in a decade. And I think that's where you're going to get real finality. It takes somebody, the ilk of Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, who I would point out to you is retiring in 2024. And he's speaking loudly about this. Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, is speaking loudly about this. He's also retiring next year. Like you're starting to see the guys who are who are coming to the end of their careers speaking truth and speaking loudly and, and making it pretty clear that, hey, we're not going to put up with this. We're not going to tolerate this. Yeah. This is because it's it's simply not fair. It is not fair to the college athlete. You look at some of the TV numbers that we that we had um, this this week. Like you're looking at you're looking at Colorado having double the TV viewership, making. I mean, look at all the money that those viewers bring yeah. in. Are you telling me that Shador Sanders shouldn't have a shouldn't have a a an equity stake? Well, and I, yeah, I, I think there's that. I, I think there's the core. The core idea that, you know, without the without the college football player, you don't have a product to talk to ESPN about. I mean, you just it's just that simple. And so, yeah, there sure there's there's a conversation around like, well, what are we going to do about the idea that Caleb Williams clearly deserves to make more money than someone else? Or like there's but so it, many... that's a really interesting point with Caleb, because I want to I, I think it might have been cowherd. Somebody brought up last week. Why shouldn't Caleb Williams be able to get a bonus from USC if he wins the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, he should. Why shouldn't they be able to cut him a check for two hundred fifty thousand dollars for winning the Heisman Trophy? I think the concept of the the this whole game that's been played for decades, all the way back to the infamous you know Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush, speaking of USC, right, all the way like all the recruiting violations that just surround money. Why are we so scared to just be like, yeah, hey, you're really good at football? Then you play at USC and you want a Heisman as a running back. Cool. Here's a bonus. Hey, you do it like, with coaches. Yeah. You do it like, with athletic directors and presidents. But we don't want to do it with players. Yeah. Like, come on, man. And, and I think that that it, it, it's it's difficult because it almost seems like it because these these kids go to school that that somehow changes the concept of hey they're they're athletes for you. They're doing everything. You ask them to do. I mean, I almost a big part of me feels like, you know, we should be treating like their education is truly a second full time job in addition to athletics. Like yeah. I can I'm going to tell you right now uh, in a, a football player, football is their first job. Making sure they stay eligible is their second job. Yes, that's correct. the truth of it. That like that's the real world, how we perceive education as athletes perspective and so the idea that for the athlete that's the perspective but then for the big boys who rake in all the cash the perspective is oh you're a student so yeah we'll we'll provide you books and pencils and stuff but yeah that lambo money you're not touching that like that's crazy to me yeah and i also think the education is part of this because i don't believe that 
that, and I know this is super controversial and I'm not trying to be that. I don't believe that they should have to pay for their education. I think a lot of people, and I've heard it time and time again, well, now they're making all this NIL money, they should have to pay for their school. Why? Why? Is the school not making money on the kid? <laughs> so let me get this right, because the kid is making money, he should have to pay for his education. But he's making money because he's performing at a very high level. And again, Caleb Williams, Shador Sanders, whoever you want to point to. Right. You're making really big money because you're performing at a really big level. Why should the why should the university save money on your scholarship then? What's the justification for that? You're punishing a kid for achieving at a high level. That's what you're saying. And then we're gonna sit here and say that the US is a is a, you know. Uh, we're all about capitalism. We're not all about capitalism. Yeah. We're we're about we're about capitalism when it's convenient. And and I think that's the hard part is 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 like we're all so selfish and trying to make as much money as we possibly can for the individual that we miss the concept of hey, if we were to cut them in on the profits, how like CMC all those years ago probably plays in the bowl game. Right, maybe these these guys are more incentivized to to stay at college. Caleb Williams, oh my God, Caleb Williams said he's only going to play for a specific cut of team, and by the way, he wants an ownership stake in the team that drafts him. This cat does not care what you think about the rules. He is making his own rules, and I think it's guys like him who are going to come along more often now because they're seeing, hey, well, the conversation's being had, so if we don't say it. Who's going to say it? So. I think whether you're you're Jack or you're Charlie Baker or you're Caleb Williams, we got to get this money thing smoothed out because they should be making the money, and we shouldn't we shouldn't vilify them for wanting to make the money. That's the whole point. I mean, is the whole point of them playing and trying to win Heisman's not so they can get to the league? I mean, isn't that what you're trying to do for like yeah. 99% of players? You're yeah. trying to get and, to the league. And I just, I, I don't know why there is this appetite to put a cap on what a kid can earn. I, I've never understood it. I, I don't know probably that I'll ever understand it. I mean, it's almost like people in the NCAA are, are it's like, oh man, if this kid makes so much, then, then X is going to have, like, there is no X. Yeah. You just don't want him to make the money. So the pot's bigger. And that's the problem. We can't yeah. have that. Yeah, it, it's it's wild. Let's get your comments in here. As always, presented by Bucked Up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Is Bucked Up Energy, you guys, so many people are like, oh, Monty, look at that Texas Tech shaker you got. <laughs> please, please. Uh, it is any color you want. This just happens to be the one I ordered. Oh, man, look at that in the Wisconsin um, cup, man. Hey, man, that Utah cup is really nice. <laughs> Can you break me off a piece? I can't actually get it free. It is the best shaker. I was thinking about it this morning. I had a uh, big chest workout this morning. Today was a push day for me. Um, and while I was drinking my bucked up uh, racked BCAAs with my six-point creatine in there, I was shaking it up, and I was so thankful that the top, doesn't just plop open like you have to work to open the top of this thing so you can shake it like i just love it's the best shaker in the business you guys go get it for free in the description below get the shaker and three samples of your choice again i think i think the the no i think it's like 11 different uh pre-workouts from bucked up they have all kinds of pre-workouts 
high stim with a lot of caffeine or stimulant in it, zero stim, you name it, they've got it. If you're a super early morning guy and you have trouble getting out of bed, Bucked Up's got a really strong pre-workout for you. And hey, maybe you just need protein and you want to mix up a protein shake. Hook it up. It's all right there in the link below. They want to send it to your door for free. Get the best shaker in the business with three free samples from Bucked Up. Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. And if you'd like to get one of their, I don't know, their, I think their creatine's the best. I've used a lot of different creatines. The six-point creatine uh, from Bucked Up is the best one I've ever used. And why I say that, it I don't feel like I'm retaining water. I hate when you take crappy supplements and you wind up retaining a bunch of water. That drives me crazy. I don't feel that way. Because Bucked Up uses the best ingredients to make the best products that do exactly what they say they're going to do, which is why every day at this time we hit a Bucked Up Buckshots, 200 milligrams of caffeine, bunch of brain food. This is going to get you through the day. It's clean, long-lasting energy so you can finish your day strong or maybe you need to start your day strong, whatever it is. Cheers to you, my friends. Ah, uh, yes. That watermelon just hits different. I don't know why I thought that was going to be blue raz today. No. Watermelon. I love it. Yeah. Hook it up. Buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty. All right. Let's get your comments in here. How the heck are you? You guys doing a great job on the show already. We have uh, over 300 comments. Make sure you, you hit the like button. Please give us a thumbs up. It helps the channel grow. Um, let's see. <laughs> I see all the Notre Dame hate in the comments. All the way back to the top, the Buffalo Hunter. First wow. one in, he says, I finally did Holy it. Holy cow, I dude. love on this show that every day there's a competition to be the first coming. <laughs> J-Rod says, this should be interesting. Notre Dame, our mother. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, Amen. our mother. I love Notre Dame, our mother. But Jack Sw Swarbrick is trying to change the game on his way out the door. It's wild that he said this. Dakota Tubb said, damn, third today. Now you got beat, dude. Lopes fan Gabe says, like button casuals. Notre Dame controversy? Who knew, Conundrum <laughs> says. Hey, man. I, I think Notre Dame. How 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 influential is Notre Dame, do you think? Oh, I think with expansion and realignment, they're very influential. I, I, I think that, you know, the only issue or potential uh, adversity Notre Dame as an institution would go through with athletics is uh, scheduling getting a little bit limited for an independent based on conference expansion. Um, yeah. But I don't think we're going to see that for at least 10 years. And that might be selling it short. It may be longer than that. And I think, you know, Notre Dame, when they're good, man, and even when they're not good, but more so when they're good on the football field, they have power. And it's because they're an independent in, in football. Obviously, all their other stuff is ACC. But in football, as an independent, if you're that team, your college football playoff good, and you're not, you don't have some allegiance to a conference, mm -hmm. it, there, it's just a secret sauce when you walk into a room like, uh, yeah, hey, uh, yeah, hey, Tony Petiti, uh, Greg Sankey. Uh, yeah, I love you, Brett. Uh, hey, what was GK? Yeah, hey, guys, we're over here. We're raking in 70 yeah. million a year, right? Like, there's well, just hey, something about it. If Jack Swarbrick calls you, you're going to answer the phone. Hell yeah, it's no you are. Name, right? Yes. Uh, old Greg says, uh, fourth, boo-hoo, let's go, Monty Shogram. Hey, fourth is better than none. Maury Alvarez, our great Floridian. How the heck are you? Pretty sure first in only counts if you put the like alongside it. That's what I'm hey, saying. Hey, that's facts. 
That is what I'm saying. Uh, Kevin the Destroyer, damn Buffalo Hunter. I got sidetracked at work. Look at you guys competing. Yeah, you know, you guys are going to have to review the tape and see what adjustments you can make because, you know, you got beat today. You, you got to be better than that. Yeah. You got to be first in. Yeah. Uh, Big Blue Horses, Notre Dame gets preferential treatment. It's old. They get preferential treatment. Dude, we're going to talk about preferential treatment today. How are they getting preferential treatment? Do you think Notre Dame gets preferential treatment? I mean, I, I I don't know that they get preferential treatment, but I think they're relevant and they're in the conversation. So if you want to call that special treatment, you want to call that whatever, then fine. But again, it's the independent factor. I, I still maintain, dude, if you're if you're a one loss or an undefeated independent, you you are going to be in the playoff. It's going to happen. I would agree. And yes, Notre Dame has a lovely track record of getting absolutely pummeled in the college football playoff. Uh, it's piped, please. Piped, excuse me. But at least they've made appearances. And I think that's really important. <laughs> I love it. Shaner, what's up? Shaner's been a member for two months. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Love it. Love it. Love it. If you are, we are so close to uh, breaking our all time record for membership. So if you're not a member, consider hitting the join button for $1.99 a month. You get all your comments highlighted in red. By the way, for $9.99 a month, you also get into our members-only Instagram group, which is really interesting right now because it gets you 25 to 1 entries in our Las Vegas Raiders driveway presented by Sound Sleep Medical. This is such a good promotion. and A lot of people have been asking me questions. Um about the promotion. Here's how it works. It's very easy. All you have to do to qualify to win is go to soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. Sign up for their at-home sleep uh, special or study, excuse me. And what they're going to do is they're going to give you a ring and, and they're going to monitor your sleep. You're going to come back in and they're going to talk to you about what that sleep study said. Hey, yeah, you snore a lot. Yeah, you have sleep apnea. Hey, you want to try this or you need to do that. Pretty simple. You don't have to sleep in their facility. You take it at home. Super easy. Soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. And I cannot say enough about what the folks at Sound Sleep Medical are doing for Monty Show uh, viewers. You guys, it has been nothing short of a revelation what they have done. And the way that they are changing sleep apnea treatments is simply remarkable. Treat snoring and sleep apnea with no masks and no tubes. Just better, healthier sleep with Sound Sleep Medical. Use code MONTY, M-O-N-T-Y, to schedule a free sleep assessment today. Yeah, that's all you got to do. And I love the fact that we're able to talk about things like snoring because I know it's embarrassing. But you guys, you look at that, that, that oral appliance, the mouthpiece that you put in. There are no tubes, no machines. It's super easy to travel and it's going to bring you and your your wife or your spouse closer together because you can sleep in the same room again, can sleep in the same bed again. Hook it up, soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. And if you are a member of the show and you schedule your uh, free sleep assessment, you get 25 to 1 entries. You Let's have go. to be in our Instagram group. You have to be a 999 subscriber. And hey, if you're not, and you simply go to Sound Sleep Medical, whether you are a member of our show or not, take a screen grab, show us you did it, you're entered to win the contest. And it's a good one. You get two tickets to the Raiders game, uh, December 10th against the Vikings. Um, we're going to give you dinner for two at Mastro's Ocean Club on Saturday night. We're going to put you up for two nights at the Flamingo right on the strip. 
And we are working on, I had a good conversation about it today, that little circle new thing that yeah, everybody is all thing, excited know. about. We're trying to get you tickets to that. It is sold out. It's wild. We're trying to get you tickets to that, but we'll send you to a show as well. And you get $100 to drive yourself there. So we're going to pay for your gas money as well. Go to soundsleepmedical.com slash Monty. Sign up for your free sleep assessment to get the hookup. All right, let's get more of your comments in here. Kevin the Destroyer, uh, I've always looked up to people that are 6'3". Okay. 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 Well, I, I'm sorry you are short. It, you know. Um, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace, Notre Dame, sip woo. Okay. I mean, in I God's it. name, image, you know. and likeness. Uh, hey, Monty, Tarrant County says, hello. Kyle Wilson, good to see you. Oregon State has won a New Year's Six more recently than Notre Dame. Just saying. Hey, you know, that's fine. Not playing your games today, Kyle. Not playing your games today. Uh, NBA Commissioner Salty Drunk, live from Australia. Hope Melbourne's training you well. Jake refuses to undo that top button. Why would I undo the top button when I don't have my keg of 4X gold to drink, dude? It's not time to let are we, loose. Should, it's not, are we it's not, there? How about that? I button you. the top Dude, button. Are we nice, supposed bro. to looking nice? Dude. Are we supposed to button the top button? I'm a top button guy. I don't mind it. I don't even notice it. Uh Gary Wolf. Oh, they beat USC. Oh, BFD says more how USC stinks more than Notre Dame is good. Okay. Notre Dame, our mother. Okay, that's fine. Laura Weiss, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, y'all. Mike Smith, good to see you. More fun going out, TPing, soaping windows. And a few eggs here and there. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Tarrant County boy says Jakey top button. That's right. That's right. Here we go. Uh, Jim Choi just got my buckshot in the mail yesterday. Took a buckshot after lunch. This thing gives you a boost. How long does it last? I'm for real. You know, the, the funny thing about that is... I don't have an answer for you on it. Yeah, it's kind of a thing where, so, you know, every time we talk about buckshot, we talk about how smooth it is, how, you know, the ingredients are top notch, so it's really smooth. You don't get like this big crash. And and so the way I think about it is not really how long it lasts, but I like to think of it as it just kind of brings you back up to the level you want to be. And, and that's all you got to think about. You don't have to worry about some big crash happening. Yep, totally agree. Buckedup.com. Uh, use the promo code Monty to get 20% off at uh, checkout. Uh, let's see. Lance Johnson for $2. Johnson. Will there be an NIL cap in Swarbrick's plan? Why would you want an NIL cap? Yeah, I don't. See, that doesn't. Yeah. And I, I need some help understanding this because this is where I get a little lost. Why is there a need to limit how much money college athletes can make? I'm trying to figure that out yeah. because all we hear about is NIL caps, uh, legislation, uh, restrictions, regulations. I agree there needs to be a way to track who's making what, but there does not need to be a cap yeah. on what the Cavender twins make. There doesn't need to be a cap on what Keaton Slovis makes or cam rising makes or tyler shuck makes nobody or... was asking for a cap when utah football rolled out a package that got all their players a truck and byu is supposedly very close to announcing something similar yeah so why does there need to be a cap i i, I don't understand that yeah uh but that's just me uh ryan willie for 20 dollars. the reason i don't think fickle is the answer at wisconsin oh this is from yesterday uh you right you put the same thing in yesterday 
is they've been a running back heavy offense for 30 plus years. They don't have the talent to air it out. Next year's schedule is scary. I doubt Fickle can bring in the talent. Well, number one, uh, I think we have this beautiful invention called the transfer portal. Number two, I, I think you have to change stylistically. You cannot run the football and win in college football. Yeah. There, there's it's just not, it's not the way offenses are built. I think we found that out in the Washington, Oregon game. I think we certainly found that out in the USC Notre Dame game. Right. I mean, those were those were two offensive showings. You look at what Dion and Shadour are doing at Colorado, or you look at the best offenses in the country. It, it's very difficult if you are. I mean, where where are you running Ollie Gordon at Oklahoma State for our guy James, the Oak State fan? Um, those are few and far between. You have to have a true dual threat quarterback, or you're not going to win. Yeah. And Luke Fickle is going to have that. There is no question. Kyle A. Uh, hey, fellas, great work as always. Thanks, yeah, Kyle. Appreciate Good you, to bro. See you. Aaron Wilson gifted a membership. Let's go, Aaron. Let's go. Appreciate that. By the way, Kyle A's been a member for six months on the show. Look at you guys. Man, it is so humbling that you guys support our show the way you do. Uh, Kyle, a great Utah fan. I appreciate so many of you um, that support this show. Um, I mean, guys like Salty Drunk who never pay their bets, even though you get that ass whooped, you know, that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Yeah. You, you do you. What? You know, um, let's see. Jim R says 12 team playoff. Notre Dame says, yes, please. Absolutely. They yes. say yes, please. Um, Mike Smith, when they are in a box, uh, are they covered in something? What? Do, what? Yeah. What are we talking about here? Uh, Playing man in the box uh, by AIC every time someone gets a penalty. Okay. Okay. AAR. <laughs> you guys are wilding in the comments. Uh, Notre Dame and Stanford could uh, pay big NIL deals and players still could flunk out. It's very difficult. It's one of the challenges at Notre Dame. It's very difficult to get kids in there academically. You have to go to mass every day. It, I mean, being being a Notre Dame football player is not easy. It, being a BYU athlete is not easy. You know, somebody in our group was talking about the honor code today at BYU. The honor code is not optional and nor should it be. If you are an institution of, of faith, which BYU is built on the LDS church, why on earth would you ever acquiesce, bend, relax the honor code? You never would. You no. never should. That's not who you are, right? You are you are a you are a faith based institution. Be a faith based institution. Yeah, you know. So I I just Notre Dame, Stanford, the educational piece. It it is tough to be a student athlete and get through and get through it. A lot of a lot of universities. Yeah, a lot. It's not just Notre Dame. Uh, let's see, Spangler. Please don't like Notre Dame. We just like the movie Rudy. Or people don't like. Yeah, pe nobody likes Notre Dame. Nobody. I I don't. Do you know any Notre Dame fans? No. Oh, I don't think they have fans. I could be wrong. human or non-human. Yeah, I mean either one. I I <sighs> Notre Dame <sighs> idiots. Uh, Brandon Butler. Notre Dame is the biggest brand in college football. They get the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Well, there's that term again. Benefit of the doubt because their games get eyeballs, and that is all that matters to the networks. What does benefit of the doubt mean? 
I'm curious about that because we're talking about comments from Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame. And he is, Jack Swarbrick told Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated that, quote, we don't have a mechanism to collectively bargain without the student athletes becoming employees. It would require a new mechanism that would recognize the right of student athletes to negotiate for the terms and conditions of their participation as athletes without being employees. Because I, and I think that is well said because I don't think student athletes want to be employees. I think they want to be paid on scale. Yeah. And I, I wholeheartedly support them and I do not support things like NIL caps. Because I, I just don't see the need for it. Yeah, I just don't know why we continue to run from paying kids, man. It, it, it's it, they, You should be paid what you earned. It, it's that simple. Yeah. Uh, NBA Commissioner Salty Drunk, you keep saying comments from members get highlighted in red. No. No, 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 no. Red first, like as in R-E-A-D. <laughs> Do you guys see what I deal with? Dude. Not only, Bro. not only does he not pay his debts, Salty hey, Drunk. dog, maybe you should button up the top button, okay? Maybe that's what it salty is. Salty Drunk owes us a case of 4X Gold. And I believe the bet was 4X Gold Summer Ale. And he still has not paid it. Notice how he's trying to tell the creators on this channel what color the comments are and what color members are. Sir? <laughs> Sir? Come on, man. That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bro. I needed that. Uh, uh, Mike Smith, Rudy movie, wanted to see Ned Beatty in the crowd squealing instead of clapping. Really? We're going to make a deliverance reference on the show today. Uh, Al Bundy was the best Notre Dame coach ever, Jeff Woodworth says. Okay. Okay. You know, it's fine. Um, was Father Damian Karras, wow, a coach at Notre Dame during the Rudy era? Okay. How did you guys choose which cities are highlighted for the background? Uh, it, it was completely random. Uh, the people who designed the graphic did it for it's about to get rewrapped because you guys are such red asses about how many luck, man. <laughs> how many times are you going to put Norman on the wall? Asshole. <laughs> well, couldn't think of any other cities. Yeah. What Seattle. It's on uh, Seattle's on the wall. Doesn't matter. Norman's on there too many times. What about Kansas City? Uh, it's on the wall. Doesn't Whatever. matter. What about uh, what about San Diego? It's on the wall too. Um, you know, it's on the wall. How about Fort Worth? Where's Fort Worth? It's uh, it's on the wall. Yeah, but below Norman, Norman's too big. Make it a smaller font. I doubt that. You guys lose your, your your mind over Norman on a daily basis on this show. And he will every single time. My God. Thank you, Aaron Wilson. Norman, Norman, Norman. You guys really get... Do you want us to put tortilla on the wall? Is that what it is? Like, what Like what do you want us to do? Should we put... Instead of cities, should we do, like, Roll Tide? You know, should we do Notre Dame, our mother? Like, is that what you want us to do? Do you guys understand that that's like a $4,000 bill hanging on the wall right here? <laughs> <laughs> I want Norman smaller. I want it moved to the bottom left. And I want Notre Dame, our mother, right in the middle. Yeah, and do you want them all in red so Salty's happy? Or how, what do we think? I'm just asking, how come it doesn't say Dallas County, Texas, SMU up there? I don't see oh, SMU. Wow. I don't see SMU up there. No, you don't. 
Sorry. No, you don't. You don't. It's this is wild. Uh, roll, uh, roll on you bears says Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Is Berkeley on the wall? I don't think. I think Berkeley is somewhere just off camera. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Mike Smith. I have not seen Morgantown on there, but it could be hidden behind Jake or Monty. Hey, Mor- Monty. Morgantown. Morgan. Morgantown's up there. It's up there somewhere. It's up there somewhere. Uh, Alex Reyes says, just put Monty on the wall two, three hundred times in different fonts. <laughs> I could do that. Uh, $4,000 oversight. Yeah, trust me. Um, and Donuts. What's up, and Donuts? Running gauchos. Come on, man. Uh, says Iowa City, but not Ames. Ames is like, Ames is on the wall. I'm not going to look for Ames is on the wall. Yeah. For sure. Ames is on the wall. 49ers says, uh, where's Honolulu? In 30 days, ask me that because I'll be there. Uh, Michael Tamez, schools should have a universal cap for players to level the playing field. Yet the players should be able to make individual deals away from schools for additional income if they can get it. But that doesn't level the playing field because if you play for USC versus Iowa, the USC player is going to make more money. So what do you mean? Just saying. Uh, Stan. How about Stillwater on the wall? It's right there. I wait, Stillwater? I I thought it was Stoolwater. Oh, Stoolwater. <laughs> Sorry if you're offended by that. You're an asshole. Why? Why create problems? Why create problems? Maury Alvarez for five dollars. Food associated to the school, team, or town should uh be the wrap. All right, here we go. Uh, live in Tortillaville. <clears throat> Man, you know what I was craving the other night? Cougar tail. <laughs> that's every night um yeah see we couldn't have cougar tail on the wall the cack um no not putting that on the wall either that's a felony in some states uh, i was illegal. i was craving those street side tortillas mm-hmm. from san diego and old Cafe town oh my god uh cory erickson money just fix the wall already read our minds the people are always right okay. just kidding awesome show guys okay first of all <laughs> first of all if you're gonna say money at least spell it right, okay? If you're going to change the name of my guy's name over here, at least spell it right. <laughs> it's not Money. His name is not Money Parks. Could be. Um, Gary Wolf, San, San Diego, uh, doesn't need the pro rata they deserve. They already have the biggest font on the wall. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, and not one person has bitched about Seabus yet, and I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. When are we going to get the wall? Should we get it wrapped while like Thanksgiving week or something or? Yeah, we can look into it. I mean, you want to do a poll? Should we keep it with cities or should we change it to like stadium names or what should we do? I mean, Dude, you know, the it's people... cash. It's, it's not cheap. You guys. Yeah. It's a lot of money. We bro. have a new redesign already. It looks the same, but all the cities are different. The fonts are changed. And you guys put Norman on the wall 50 times. Yeah. Cause we tried to put Norman on the wall that many times. I've told the story. We were in a time crunch and we have a graphic designer that does all our work and they were pressed for time. So it was, yeah, it was expensive. Journeyman SW Southwest. Monty, to play devil's advocate, why should students who play sports get free college? Just have all the students pay for school. Because it's 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 a, a privilege to have Caleb Williams play quarterback for USC instead of Ohio State. Then why, why why should the TV networks have to pay to put college athletes on their networks? Like, 
Uh, I'm trying, I don't under, like, that's what we're talking about. You have institutions, conferences, and a corporation in the NCAA making billions. And the kids who make them that money get none of that money. They get none of that money. And so we want to say, well, yeah, you guys are making us billions, but yeah, I'm going to limit how much you can make. And you're going to have to pay for your own education. Sorry about that. So wait, <laughs> let me get this right. We're, we're going to make you billions. And then we're going to go into debt. Hmm. That does, nah, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I, I, I think I'm going to go play basketball in Australia or Europe or the G League. Like, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I, I and this is a fight we've had on the show. And, and Journeyman, you're not the first one who's broached this. We've talked about this so many times because every time NIL comes up, somebody says, well, the kid should have to pay his tuition then. But nobody has the answer as to why. Yeah. And if you're one of those people who says, well, then the kid should have to pay tuition. Why? Help me understand that. Are you really telling me that Caleb Williams and his tuition at USC costs USC money in a profit and loss situation? Now, you want to talk about small school, whoever. Okay, that's different. But you look at any Division I FBS program, are you really going to tell me that even Wyoming or Colorado State, smaller schools, Mountain West schools, Yeah. are you really telling me SMU struggling? That they've got the biggest collective this side of, you know. Yeah. And you're telling me they're struggling, they're not making money? Yes, they are. They're making a ton of money. And yet we should we should have athletes who make an infinitesimal amount of money next to what the school's making pay their tuition because now they have the right to make money. I, I've never understood it. And I want to. I, and I'm open to the conversation. But I, I just, I don't get it. I, I, I truly do not understand it. Uh, Lance Johnson says the kids can play or not go to the NFL or sue the NFL. If you want, if you're not getting enough, true. Absolutely. You can, uh, Mike C Rodriguez, why make billions when we can make millions? It's <laughs> exactly my point. Uh, Tarrant County boy, the Oki state, the Oki state, uh, Norman Schwartzkopf. Oh my God. How about a name out of the past? You know, that? Okay. Uh, Gumby Fresh Out says, put stripper names on the wall. Yeah, that'll go well with the advertisers. Stan, seriously, Norman is on the wall way too much. I hope that changes with him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Walls are us, Inc., comma, Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah. How did you know? What? Yeah. Uh, Lincoln Riley is your father. Yeah, I Could don't be. think so, sir. Uh, Daniel Dixon, what about sports that don't make money? But that is the whole it's the point essence of, it, of NIL, isn't it? I yeah. mean, you look at and we're talking about women's sports primarily. Um, you look at what Caitlin Clark and Iowa did with the the basketball game in the football stadium, or you you look at the way that these athletic departments are now being creative about raising money, and you understand that. This is why it was so important, for instance, that baseball and softball be added back to the Olympics. You have to give people opportunity. And when you say to you, when you say, okay, well, 
swimming doesn't make us any money. Do you understand how much money the NCAA conferences and universities make on football? It's an obscene amount of money. Like there's not a scholarship that they can't afford. Yeah. It, it simply is how much profit do they want to put in their pocket? It, it It's the price of gas, dude. It's the cost of cigarettes. It's beer money. All of those things are just a formula. It's it's a spreadsheet with a formula. Well, you know, turn that percentage up a little bit more. We're not making enough profit there. Yeah, the Cavender twins, they're making really good NIL. Yeah. Turn their meal money down. Is that really what we're going to do? Man, I'll tell you what, we had to get all new helmets this year. Caleb, we're not going to be able to float that nail polish for you anymore, bud. That just isn't in the... the oh, the, no. The pivot table for Caleb's nail polish is ridiculous. Yeah, it's leaning the wrong way here, man. Is that because that's what's going to happen if we go down that road? It we it, it there's no perfect system. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's not try to pretend there's no there's no perfect system. Yeah, no way, shape, or form. Uh, Monty, bag glare off your head, sunshade, man. I know. I I'm aware. We're working. There it is, right there. Hey. Um, this it's the 10 minutes this time of the um, day. Now it's behind me. Big blue horses. I appreciate you saying that. All right, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. It's football at 50. Presented by our good friends at Prize Picks. Bros. How about this guy over here? Yep. Four for four, three for three. Oh, I probably jinxed myself. Damn. Three for three on prize picks last night with uh, Christian Javier going tonight. Cleaning up, making money. How'd you do last night? Uh, Great. Me, Christian Javier to hit tonight. Oh, so you're not going to get paid unless he wins? I already, I'm already in the money. This guy right here on prize picks. You know what prize picks is? Daily fantasy. And all you have to do is choose less or more. More or less. And... Like baseball, pitcher strikeouts. Is he six and a half? Is he going to have six strikeouts or seven? I'm going to take more. They have flex play. They have straight. So if you don't flex it, if you just go uh, uh, all of them and you pick five, you get all five right. They pay you 25 times what you what you put down on it. So I love it. Prize picks, the best daily fantasy. Get it right now in the uh Description below, there's a link that'll get you 100% uh, deposit matching. You put in 50 bucks, they give you 50 more at prizepicks.com. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY. Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. Speaking of making money, Roger Goodell gets a three-year extension from the NFL. Has Roger Goodell done a good job? Yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> that Roger Goodell works for the owners, dude, and he's made the owners a ridiculous amount of money, and now he's made over $700 million with this extension for himself and i think those two have worked well together um and yeah i think he's done a really good job yeah he is already you want to you know the old saying we went into the wrong line of work roger goodell has cashed paychecks beyond 500 million dollars from the nfl when this contract is over with projected bonuses and salary He'll be at about $710 million in base pay and, and bonuses. 
That's wild to me. Yeah, man. He's made almost a billion dollars as the commissioner in the National Football League, and I think he's done a great job. Yeah. I know he's not the most popular guy in the NFL, um, but I think it's one of those things where he is, he is very wisely, in my opinion, Roger Goodell, I think he has very wisely, in my opinion, always sided with the money-making machine, which is the owner's. And while he and Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, have not always seen eye to eye, I think he has he has done a pretty good job representing the owners in the NFL. Yeah, and I think when it comes down to it, he does what he does what they need him to do, which is continue to uh, grow the money making machine of the league, keep the league healthy, uh, you know, handle discipline in a proper fashion, because that's always you know where the drama lies. Uh, and, you know, when things like Jim Trotter happen, handle it the best way you can. And he's done that. Uh, which is not what I could say for Dallas Sports Radio. Dudes, did you guys see this? Uh, Dallas Sports Radio, 105.3 The Fam, which is the flagship station that, I could be wrong, I think may be owned by Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Openly rooting for Dak Prescott to get hurt. So problems across the board for injured quarterbacks today in the NFL. Yeah, man. Week five, that does it to you, to you doesn't it? What week do you think Dak gets hurt and then Cooper Rush has to be the quarterback? No, I think the Cowboys no, are about to go on a run, He has an injury history. Mike. I know. I think Cowboys no. are about you to think, go on a run. You think it's tonight? No, I don't think it's tonight, Mike. Because there's a guy that sounds like Khalid Reeves. His name's Khalil Mack. I am terrified. And could could he take out Dak this game and then you have to go with Cooper Rush? Or is it the Trey Lance bandwagon time? I'm terrified for what's going to happen next because we're going to have Dallas Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones. I'm going to listen. He's in L.A. or according to some, San Diego. We're not playing in San Diego tonight. We'll do that next right here on 105.3 The Fan. Like, are you guys surprised by that? That is stunning to me that you are on the Dallas Cowboys flagship station and you are openly rooting. Mike Baxick is the host name, a former Major League Baseball pitcher, by the way. Uh, openly rooting for Dak Prescott to get hurt. Is that a bad look? Am I wrong about that? No, I, I think it's a bad look. I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with talking about injury risks to players. You know, like as an example, you know, guys who get hurt all the time, like Kyler Murray or whoever you want to point to, whatever example, right? There's nothing wrong with talking about, you know, hey, the injury happened. This is what the recovery, like the Aaron Rodgers situation yesterday, right? Like there's nothing wrong with talking about it, but I think you're going to get yourself in trouble um, when you're going on the record publicly saying things like, hey, yeah, can Khalil Mack take out Dak Prescott? Like, why would you say that? Why, like, Like, why are we talking about on the Cowboys flagship radio station why are we talking about Dak getting hurt? Should we not be talking about like Dak excelling versus the Chargers? Like I, I just don't understand what the thought was. Yeah, and I, I think it the thing that's crazy is that's the flagship station of the Dallas Cowboys. Like yeah. Jerry Jones is on that station every week. Steven Jones is on that station every week. Like that's the Dallas Cowboys station. And it is shocking. It's not owned, you know, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's owned by a company called Odyssey Entercom. Um so it's not owned by Jerry Jones, but that's their flagship station, and it's shocking to me that you would do that. Yeah. And I, and I that this is what my argument against sports talk radio is. And 
It's why we don't work in radio. And we've said no repeatedly to the offers to work in radio because it's very difficult to find a place where you don't run into that. And it's the problem is, and I guess I might be stereotyping, I don't know, but you're a former baseball player talking football, and I just feel like he was completely out of his element. How are you a former professional athlete rooting for another professional athlete to get hurt? Yeah, it's mind blowing. I I think that, you know, it's one of those deals where they clearly, and this is my complaint as well, nine out of 10 radio stations now don't plan what they're going to talk about. They just sort of show up and it gets you in trouble. And, dude, I don't care who owns the radio station. If you're the flagship of an NFL team, you should not be caught ever like saying bad things about that team well it's not and having worked at cambr in san francisco which at the time i was there was the flagship station of the warriors the 49ers and the san francisco giants it's not that you can't say bad things or criticize them you can't openly root for the starting quarterback of the dallas cowboys on the dallas because if you're the flagship station of the Dallas Cowboys, every Cowboy fan listens to that station. Yes. So do you think there's a Cowboy fan in the world that's going to be like, yeah, I hope Dak's out for the year? There may be a handful, but you can't tell me the Garden Variety fan who turns on that station is is rooting for Dak to be out for the year. It's shocking me. Boss Frog, our uh, Fort Worth homie. Uh, says Monty, the fan is not owned by Jerry Jones. Correct. I corrected. I corrected myself for crying out fraud. No, thank <laughs> you for correcting me. Um, at least peeps know he's mid, unlike the Stroud is a stud. Well, well, like even that take. Okay, fine. If you want to say Dak Prescott's not good enough, okay, fine. That's cool. Have the conversation is because we talked about it with Dak. How in, that was a massive performance by Dak Prescott. In spite of Mike McCarthy's play calling, that was a massive performance by Dak Prescott. I'm all good with that conversation. I'm not hoping he breaks his leg again. No. Dude, and, I, and I I'm not I'm not doing it's, that. It's a low-cash take to say that Dak is injury-prone. He had a gruesome ankle injury. You don't you don't do that to a guy. And I and I just I don't know. That's that's why I as someone who's been on the radio uh, and tries to listen, that's why I just don't enjoy it anymore because you get that way too much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Todd father never root for Dak to get hurt. Get mad that Jerry paid Dak. He shouldn't have, and he's going to pay him again. If Dak plays the way he played against Los Angeles on Monday night, he deserves to get paid again. He does. But their problem is Mike McCarthy. It's not Dak Prescott. Uh, way to support your team, hoping your quarterback gets hurt. That's right? what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. Absolutely. Lance Johnson, nothing in the state of Texas should surprise anyone. I'm not the guy that generalizes. I love I, – I enjoy Texas a lot. I don't love all the politics. I hate the weather. I hate how hot and humid it is. But I don't, I don't, I don't think this has anything to do with Texans. Uh, Trey Lance is behind this, could be. Boyd Lake, the SEO king of America, a Texas resident. Uh, pretty bad luck for hope or bet on an injury, absolutely. Uh, Salty Drunk says, imagine Dak's family hearing that sort of talk. What does Jerry Jones say if he hears that? Because now it's a viral clip, which is probably what 105.3 The Fan wanted. 
But what is is Jerry Jones happy to hear his flagship station rooting for Dax injury? My issue is is that you're the Dallas Cowboys flagship station. We're not talking about you know the Jags with all due respect. You're the Dallas Cowboys. Oh yeah, that's right. You know the most valuable sports franchise like in the world. Like you don't need to wish ill will on the quarterback. You're the Cowboys. That's like just have good conversation. Like you don't need to yeah. reinvent the wheel, man. Ladies, come on, Dak sucks. So you're a quarterback in the NFL, a starting quarterback, and you suck. Um, stop it. Given Prescott's delicate nature, he gets hurt. Is does Dak Prescott have a delicate nature? I see. I don't know. And maybe, maybe I'm Even wrong. Even if he does, it doesn't excuse what they did. Right. Sure. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And by the way, football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour presented by our good friends at prize picks, prizepicks.com. Download the app right now in the description below, uh, and get 100% deposit matching up to a hundred dollars. Uh, when you, uh, use the promo code Monty or click the link in the description, but let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the numbers on Dak Prescott. If I said to you, how many games do you think he plays a year? Dak Prescott. I'd probably say 16. Well. On average. Dak Prescott, in his career, 16 for the first four years. 2020, he played five games. 21, 16, 22, 12. And now he's played all six games. So I don't think he's injury prone. I think he's a quarterback who gets hit. And in two two years of his career, he has missed significant time. Last year, he missed four games. So I look at the numbers, and technically it would be five with 17. Uh, I look at the numbers, and I don't think Dak is injury prone. I'd also remind you that the biggest complaint people had last year was that he threw 23 touchdowns and 15 interceptions before he went down. So. Over for his career, he's 172 and 69 interceptions. Throws too many interceptions. Totally agree. That's a conversation we can have. Are we really saying that a guy in 12 games that was sacked 20 times is is injury prone? I don't think he is. I think I think I don't think he's injury prone. That's yeah, my opinion. Beating. It's my opinion. I don't think he's injury prone. Uh, Boyd Lake, it's going to be bad PR and bad mojo for this station if and when Dak goes down, whenever that happens. Let's hope it doesn't. But, like, this whole concept of, hey, we're just going to say wild things to get attention happens way too much nowadays. Like, you know, radio stations, you know, shows, whatever. Like, it just happens too much. You know, made-up stories in expansion, Dak Prescott, you know, uh, uh, local folks in – Salt Lake saying that they got texts that Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Knicks and that never happened. Like you're making stuff up to get attention. Yes, you are. And I grow tired of it. I would rather be right than first. Honestly, I'd rather have a well thought out, you know, in-depth detailed conversation with uh, an exchange of ideas rather than having to be first. Totally agree. And and, and for the life of me, I don't understand, like, like why can't, like, the Dallas Cowboy 105.3 fan, why can't you just say to your, your talent, guys, 
We're the Dallas Cowboys flagship. We don't need to do anything wild here. We need to do good shows and have good conversations. We have a huge advantage yeah. in that the biggest star in Dallas sports, Jerry Jones, is on our radio station every week. Let's not screw that up. Yeah. And the I, I just, in general, across sports radio, think of the team you're a fan of. I'm the Chicago Bears. Do I want to turn on 670 the score in Chicago and hear sunshine and roses about the Chicago Bears? No. I don't. They're one of the worst teams in the entire NFL. Yeah, I think you want to know just how bad they are. I want the truth. Yeah, I mean, that's the conversation. If somebody was rooting for Justin Fields to get hurt, I would be really pissed. I'd be really pissed. And you know the other thing in this, and this is something that you guys probably don't care as much about, but like as someone who does a show, I I can sit here and tell you definitively, it is so much easier to do a radio show than a show on YouTube where oh you take no God. breaks. Dude, we talk for Way three easier. hours straight every single day. These guys have the luxury of, of you know, seven, eight-minute breaks where they can fool around and do whatever and then when, come when, back. When, I, I can tell you, when we used to work in radio, we would take a break, and we would say, because you tease ahead, well, most people do, hey, we're going to talk about Dak Prescott. Is he the answer going into the future for the Dallas Cowboys next on 105.3 The Fan? Okay, great. We're in the commercial. So where do you want to go with this conversation? All right. Well, hey, we're going to talk about, because Jake, you think he sucks. I think he's great. All right. We're going, can, to re, we're going to rejoin with a soundbite of Jerry Jones talking about Dak, and then you're going to get into it. And hey, here's where we're going to go. And then we would go shoot baskets on a nerf basketball. Yeah. It's a luxury. Literally. it's Sports radio is not difficult. Sports radio makes sports radio difficult, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. It's wild. And it's really, you know, the thing, too, I would also say is it's disappointing when when radio stations like this who have the opportunity that they have treat it this way. Like, yes. I'm cool. I would, I would so much rather it be a, a case where we're talking about, yeah, you know, guys, like, I know you put all this effort into conversations, but the chemistry's just not there. The show's just kind of boring. It doesn't move the right way. The mechanics aren't right. I'd so much rather have that conversation than have to talk to dudes about, hey, we shouldn't be rooting for Dak Prescott to get hurt. That would be bad for our business. Leighton Vanderesh. Leighton Vanderesh. You want to criticize Leighton Vanderesh because he's constantly injured? I'm all I'm here for it. But if you want to say, man, I hope Leighton Vanderesh hurts his neck and he's out for the year. Why would you ever why, say that, bro? Why, Anthony Richardson, the Colts quarterback, yeah. is out for the year. He's having shoulder surgery. Yeah, man, I hope he. I hope he has an injury and he's out. Why would you? On the Colts radio station, where Colts fans go for their Colts talk, rooting for the. I, do you see how? Do you see how much of a cop out that is in terms of like what to talk about? Like, do you understand wild. that that a guy who, like, again, I, I keep referencing Kyler Murray because it's he's he's going to be it's, back here. It's in little, little Kyler. The little, he's little practicing. Kyler. Yeah, he's practicing now. He, it said if all, if all things go well, no setbacks, he'll be back in two to three weeks. That's kind of the projected timeline. Do you understand how much of a luxury it is as a host to have a guy coming back from injury? Do you get that? Or a guy who just got injured, right? Because what does it do? It provides you things to talk about. But you can't be... You can't be so naive and just so lazy with your job that you think it's okay to be like, man, yeah, I, I heard Cope Kyler, you know, does it again. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mike Smith, the Dak hate is real among a number of Cowboy fans. Absolutely. And I'm here for it. Too many interceptions. 
you know, whatever you want to say, can't throw deep, doesn't read defenses, can't throws win the big game. Well, I'm here for it. I'm not here for, I hope he gets hurt. Boss Frog, uh, that was very disappointing to hear and totally unprofessional. He needs to be reprimanded. He does. Uh, Expedition Greg, what's up, Greg? Uh, any status update on Brock Bowers? Boy, that's a terrible story. Speaking of injury, Brock yeah. Bowers, a fine tight end of the uh, George Bulldogs. Uh, he is going to be out probably, I mean, I think he had tightrope surgery yesterday. Um, so you would think that that would be the end of November. So if they survive, and I'm not saying they will, uh, if they survive, I would guess that he would be ready for their bowl game. That's a four to six week injury. That's a, so Brock Bowers has a high ankle sprain is the technical term. Mm -hmm. He had a procedure called tightrope surgery. Cause you know, you have two bones in your ankle, right? And I'll single up high ankle sprain is your two bones in your lower leg. Do that really like this stretches out the ligaments. It takes a lot of time for the ligament to reheal and to push those bones back together naturally. So what they do is they drill a hole in this bone and in this bone, and they put a cable through a wire. They tighten that wire and pull it back together. And it's supposed to be a better procedure. There are a lot of problems with it when it goes bad, but medical technology being what it is, they, they say this tightrope this tightrope is the right way to go. Mm. He he's probably I I it would be a miracle. He'd have to take a bunch of ayahuasca with Aaron Rodgers to come back and play in the regular season. Yeah, and you know Kirby Smart was pretty. I don't know. We'll say he was downtrodden about it. He I mean yeah he was he was pretty negative about it. Um, without really saying any specific timelines, but I do think based on the way Kirby treated that press conference. It does seem like it's going to be on the longer side of things. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, Which is really unfortunate because he was having a hell of a year. He was. And I, I think he was one of those guys who was in that deep cut of Heisman Trophy candidates because there's just no there's no way they're doing what they they were doing without him. Yeah. Uh, land, land thieves. Okay. Dallas has a McCarthy problem, not a Dak problem. Hey, and that's a perfectly fine take, right? Like, why not talk about that? By the way, Land Thieves is our newest member. Oh, okay. Go, Good to see you, my friend. Oh, Appreciate you gotta, it. Uh, you got to turn the drop. Oh, my bad. My, my bad. Yeah. Hey! Let's go, Land Thieves. Appreciate you. Thanks for being a member of the program. Everybody that's a member, thank you so much. The Monty Show, hour number two, as always, is presented by our good friends at TryDayTrading.com. Holy cow, you guys. So I get home after slaving over a hot microphone all day yesterday. Dude, yep. Mrs. Monty is sitting on the couch eating bonbons, right? Mm -hmm. And well, that's our, what she does all day, generally. Yeah, right? our our house commoners, our staff, you right. know, they're cleaning the kitchen and <coughs> uh, you know, they're they're doing a, a pedicure on Mrs. Monty's toes. And, you know, they made us a gourmet meat. That's all a lie. Uh, I get home, my wife is making herself dinner, I believe doing the dishes and trading on TridayTrading.com. And watching her trades go up and down was wild. But what did she do? She programmed her trades and she walked away because she was doing she was doing laundry. Like mm -hmm. she was she was had a long day at work. She was running around multitasking. And the trades are just making making money. And it's so cool to see that you set your trades and you set parameters. So I'm going to get into this trade now. She trades in Forex, which is foreign currency. So at night they're using the Australian market. And she's got indicators because when you go to TridayTrading.com, they give you proprietary software. They give you high-level coaching. 
And so you understand how the system works, what the indicators are, because you've gone through the program and your coaching's amazing. And then you're making trades. And Mrs. Monty was making trades. She wound up a, a significant amount higher than she got in at. And then what did she do today, this morning? She had a coaching call with her, her coach from TridayTrading.com. I, I, it's such a good program, you guys. And it's everything that we thought it was, but more. Watching Mrs. Monty go through the program at Triday Trading, it, it's, it, they facilitate your success. It's, it's pretty amazing. And the best part is when you're done with the program at Triday Trading, you graduate the program, they're going to fund a trading account for you. And whether you stay in that trading account a month, a year, a decade, you can stay as long as you want. You trade with their money. When you make money with their money, Triday Trading gives you up to 80% of the profit. And when you're ready to start trading with your own money, dude, you're out. You're gone, but you still get coaching. You still get the software. You still get the indicators. You have all that experience from TridayTrading.com. So go get your 30-day trial membership for just $10. And trust me when I say it is a wild ride. If you're a fantasy football player or if you are a prize pick player, this is the exact same thing. Because you're just riding the wave. And the hardest part for me is she's off doing all this other stuff around the house. And and you're just watching this. At one point, the trade went way up, way, way, way up. And she's up like hundreds of dollars. And then it drops. And she's at like $59. Then it goes right back up. It, it, dude, it's wild to watch it happen. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Sign up for your $10, which is a charitable donation and a tax write-off. Your $10 30-day trial membership. Let's shout out some of you guys that are commenting right now. Salty Drunk, always good to see you. Mrs. Monty is a stud. I married way over my head. Um, she has got a big time corporate job that is mm -hmm. stressful as hell. And yet she is still just the best wife in the world. I'm very lucky. Uh, you out, you're out kicking your coverage, Monty. Is that a football analogy? It yes, is. it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Mrs. Monty, the moneymaker, unlike that Monty, Tarrant County boy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy Callahan. Yeah. The leg thing with the remote control was a hoot. The hell does that mean? What am I missing? The leg thing with the remote control. Jennifer Aniston early in her career in the leprechaun movie, me gold. Okay. Lance Johnson, Mrs. Monty should buy some new wall wrap for you. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Hey man, you want to contribute? Give us a tip. We'll yeah. Tip us. We'll do it sooner. You know, I'm just saying. All right. Let's talk about Heather Dinich at ESPN. So Heather Dinich, who I worked with in my days at ESPN, super connected. I think the industry leading expert on the college football playoff, the rankings, all of it. Heather Dinich says Georgia is no longer the best team in the country. And she says she has buyer's remorse about putting Georgia number one. Without Brock Bowers, I have a very difficult time justifying UGA as a top four team right now. As in this second, without him, what have they done to this point? Okay, we say that every day on the show. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Uh, UGA has no top 25 wins. Wow. Kentucky is the only FBS opponent over 500. Other FBS are 10 and 24. Well, we totally agree that about Michigan. Oh, I mean, Georgia. And then Heather really got busy. 
Washington has a statement win versus Oregon. Whoa. Yes, correct. Florida State has two good ones versus Clemson and LSU away from Tallahassee. OU has the best win in the country. Michigan, the most complete team. What the hell did you say? So, so let me get this right. Take what? that down real quick. We were doing so good. So, so okay. Hey, you know, no Brock Bowers. Georgia's probably not the best team in the country. Agreed. Okay. Hey, you know, Florida, right? OU, uh, Florida State, OU, Oregon. Okay, cool. And then you had to go down the Michigan route. Michigan so is you a, were perfect. You are you are placating Michigan fans. Yeah. With Michigan's the most complete team. And because I just garbage. I ask myself, okay, well, how do we know if Michigan's a complete team? They haven't played nobody. Are we if, clear on that? If Georgia hasn't played anybody, who the hell has Michigan played? Who's Michigan played? Yeah. They're ranked number two in the country at 7-0. and And I would remind you that in the, the voting, they have 1,492 points, second only to Georgia with 1,541. <coughs> Michigan. the I mean, Michigan, the Wolverines. Who hasn't played Penn State or Ohio State yet. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Indiana. So where's the quality win? Where's the indicator that they're the most complete team? It's a defense. And anybody, I mean, and, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. We always um, get the Wolverine fan. Oh, God, here we um, go. Hey, now um, Michigan again. Dad, by God. Okay. How is Michigan the most complete team? What have we seen from Michigan that's like, yeah, that's the best team in the country? <laughs> they haven't played anybody. I know what o Oklahoma is. I know what Texas, I know what Bama is. I know what Washington is. I have no idea what Michigan is. None. I know what Ohio State is. They went to South Bend and won, which now got a lot of help last week with the USC win. What is Michigan? When's Michigan been tested? 30-3 to over East Carolina. UNLV 35-7. to 31-6 over Bowling Green. 31-7 to over Rutgers. 45 to 7 at Nebraska, 52 to 10 at at Minnesota, 52 to 7 at Indiana. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm asking. Man, wow. You're telling Dude. me JJ McCarthy all of a sudden because 52 to 10, JJ McCarthy should be a Heisman Trophy candidate. That's the other like help me understand why should JJ McCarthy be a Heisman Trophy candidate? Why am I going to vote for JJ McCarthy instead of Michael Penix? Why am I going to vote for J.J. McCarthy instead of help? Bo Nix. Caleb Williams. I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy in J.J. McCarthy who has really good numbers, 14 touchdowns against three interceptions, but against who? Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, a far better candidate. Because who has J.J. McCarthy seen? And I would also remind you, he's only got 1,500 yards. Do you guys understand that he has not one time thrown for 300 yards this season. Oh, this vaunted Michigan offense. My God. They're such a complete team. What the fuck are you? With a quarterback whose best performance was very clearly East Carolina in the first game when he went uh, 26 of 30, 283 touchdowns, no INTs. Come on. Come on. But he, th he threw for 143 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions against Bowling Green. Yep. Well, I said Bowling Green. 
This is the thing that I don't understand. All of a sudden, there's a revelation that Georgia's not the best team in the country because a tightrope dude down there, the tight end. And this is what I don't understand about, like, again, I'm not knocking Dinich, like, personally or saying she doesn't do good work. She does do very good work. But I I'm trying to understand and rationalize how you look at Georgia and you say, well, now they're no longer because of an injury. And, hey, Oklahoma's got the best win in the country, she said. Washington's there. And now, with that same logic, Michigan's the most complete team? I don't get it. How do you... That's what I mean. Like, I'm cool if your opinion, like, lines up. But to say Washington's got the statement win, Florida State, you know... Two uh, good wins yeah, for Florida which, State. Hey, okay, fine. I can even come to the middle on that. All right, fine. OU, best one in the country. Totally disagree. Washington is right there for best one in the country, but that's another conversation. But even, even so, how do you look at Oklahoma and Texas and how that game went down and what Dylan Gabriel had to do to win that game and what Oklahoma had to do to win that game and then do a complete 180, in my opinion, and say Michigan's the most complete team? I, that's what I don't get. And, and furthermore, you said Florida State has two quality wins. Then why are they behind Ohio State? Yeah. Why are they four and Ohio State's three? Yeah. I think the whole thing's a scam. Uh, I do. My top four right now, I think, uh, I think I would have Oklahoma number one. I think it is ridiculous you penalize them for not playing. I would have Oklahoma number one. I think I would have Florida State number two. I think I would probably have Texas number three. And then I probably put Ohio State four. But I am not putting Michigan. I am not putting uh, Penn State at seven right now. I'm not putting Penn State at seven. I I'm not. Explain to me how Oregon only fell one spot. You lost to Washington. Oh, it was a great game. It was. But then why is why is Alabama 11th? If If great games that are tight and close don't hurt you, why are they 11th then? Yeah, in in and their loss is to Texas. Yeah. So let me get this right. Oregon lost to Washington, fell one spot, but Alabama hasn't been able to get back in the top 10 and their only loss is to Texas. What sense does that make? Where did where like where's the logic here? That's that's when we talk about the reasons that realignment is so critical, this conversation is why realignment is so critical. Because there's no such thing as a level playing field or an equal seat at the table. Uh, I'm just telling you there's not. Yeah, and, and it's like that first tweet you showed where she's talking about UGA has no top 25 wins and, you know, Kentucky is the only FBS opposition over 500. Okay, so if you're going to use that logic, how are we saying Michigan's the most complete team and, by the way, you don't put out a top 25 like Brett McMurphy does or some of these other people? I don't know. So, like, at least, because because I've been a noted critic of Brett McMurphy's AP Top 25. I have not appreciated the love for Florida State. But, hey, I can respect you for that opinion, and now what's happened? He's come off of Florida State a little bit. I can't even do that with Heather. So, I appreciate her it's reporting. Wild. I appreciate what she does. I think she does great work in her, in her articles and her writing and her reporting. That's not what this is about. This is about her, her interpretation 
of the word quality when we try to put it on college football teams. Because if we're trying to use the word quality, I, the Big Ten teams got to show me something first. I'm not just going to auto hand them like Michigan. I, okay, great. Beat Ohio State. And I think they have Penn State first, if memory serves, uh, yes, coming up do. before Ohio State. November so, 11. So, hey, JJ, show me that you can beat this outstanding Penn State defense. I think it sets you up for failure when you have such a cupcake schedule and then you got to go to Happy Valley. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you prepare for that game. And I just, it, it's it's incredible to me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike Smith says the we fence is strong in the media. Oh, I absolutely think that Michigan's a darling in the media. I think ESPN loves them some Michigan Wolverines because they have a huge audience. They have a huge, huge audience. So keeping Michigan top of the table absolutely makes sense. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, how the hell does Washington have an equal or better win than Oklahoma? Dude, because Oregon is a hell of a football team. Yeah. I, I mean, what do you mean? I think it depends on, on how you value each one of those teams. I look at Texas. I still think Texas is one of the five best teams in the country. I think Oklahoma is the best team in the country. But I also think that Oregon's a, a, absolutely deserving of being a top seven team, just not with the logic that these people have used. And I think it's why it's, I think it's why it is, I think it's why it's so frustrating is the right way to say it to me. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Uh, Tarrant County boy, who cares about rankings? Let's see in two weeks. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, James, the Oak State fan. What's up, James? You could argue that J.J. McCarthy has played well. But the problem is, dude, and... 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. And you're someone, you're someone that I would ask this question to. I'm glad you commented on this. You know, whether it's Ollie Gordon or not. How, how, how are we... Okay, great. He's put up good numbers, but against what opposition? Right? What was the point of the college football playoff being created? Hey, we're not going to take into account last year. We're not we're not doing anything last year. It's right here, right now. Whether it's the AP or the college football playoff, looking at these teams. Last year doesn't matter. So if last year doesn't matter, and I'm just looking at strength of schedule, which nobody seems to do, and I'm I'm looking at your roster, that's how we should be doing this. Yet somehow folks like Heather Dinich apply one metric to Georgia and another metric to Michigan. That's what I don't get. I think the biggest issue, James, is you're rowing off of touchdowns to interceptions. He has he doesn't have a 300-yard game. He's not the reason they win games. And I think we're we're sitting here evaluating him on 14 to 3 when all three of those interceptions were against Bowling Green. Like are we are we really in a place where we're like, "Oh yeah, JJ McCarthy's great." He's a game manager at this point. In his numbers in college are not, yeah. I, I mean, that's not him. His numbers are are not impressive. I mean, Blake Corum's numbers are probably more impressive. He's only got five hundred and forty six yards. Their defense is what they're winning with. Let's stop talking like you know, like if, if you want to have a conversation about their defense, Junior Colson's the guy who should be the Heisman Trophy candidate there, not JJ McCarthy, right? I I, I mean. I'm being serious. If if you look at this team, you know, like it, it it's just so crazy to me that you're willing to make the argument, and and you're not alone, James. A everybody that talks about JJ McCarthy, 
he doesn't have a signature win or a 300-yard passing performance. Period. That's all you got. Okay, can't win the Heisman. Can't you're, you're he he's getting votes over Michael Penix. How? Yeah. Are are you I could argue Shador Sanders has a far better resume than JJ McCarthy. Far better resume. Does JJ McCarthy do what Shador's done if he's in Shador's shoes? No, I can he's make not a capable. strong case. Exactly. That he's not even capable. He's not capable. So that's why I say, like, it, it's got to go both ways, right? Oh, well, you guys just hate Michigan. Yeah, you're damn right I hate Michigan. You know why I hate Michigan? Because they never play anybody, and they get a free pass every I, year. I don't even hate Michigan. I, I don't like Jim Jim Harbaugh. I don't like the way he treats, treats other humans. Yeah. I've covered him, and I don't like the way he treats other humans. Uh, Matt Hergert, uh, Michigan is a cover girl team uh, right after CU. They draw huge TV audiences. Casey Anthony, what's up? Ohio State is overrated. They are. Uh, Mike Smith, I'm getting hungry. Who's making sandwiches? John Morant will in about five minutes. Wait till you hear the details of that story. Holy cow. Um, Lance Johnson, OU, FSU, UW, and Georgia. Those are four really good teams. Yeah. Four really good teams. Alabama and Colorado suffer from Aflac. <laughs> There's an Aflac curse. Harry Austin, where you been, dude? Good to see you. Uh, because Alabama hasn't played as well, I don't understand your logic with Bama. My logic with Bama is, if we are using the the Michigan tale of the tape, okay, who is Alabama's loss? Alabama's loss is Texas, 34-24. But they've won five straight, and they've won six of seven on the year. They're six and one, four and oh in the SEC West on top of the SEC West. And yet they can't get back into the top 10. But they have beaten a ranked old miss team. They have beaten Mississippi State, Texas AM, both on the road, and they beat Arkansas last weekend. And they cannot get back in the top 10. And they deserve to be. So the question is. Is the SEC talent better than the Big Ten? Because I think we can all agree it is. Like the mid-table SEC team. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I know I'm reinventing the wheel here, creating fire. Average Joe SEC team's better than average Joe Big Ten team. And I, the other question I have is, what what's going to happen when they beat Tennessee this weekend at, at BDS? What's going to happen? When, when Is that not going to be good enough to put them back in the top 10? That's a 17th-ranked. Vols, that's not that's not good enough. That game is in prime time. It's it is a three thirty Eastern kickoff on CBS. And if Alabama wins that game, is is that not good enough? If Alabama, and then what are we going to say when they beat LSU? Because that game's in Tuscaloosa <laughs> that's as well. The one, yeah. What are we going to say when they beat a nineteenth ranked LSU team? What are we going to say when they win at Kentucky? What are we going to say when they beat Chattanooga and Auburn? Are they still not going to be a top 10? Um, you know, if they if they end the season on a a a 10 game winning streak and they finish 11 and 1 and they go to the SEC Championship game, is it not going to be good enough to put them in the top 10? Cuz they're going to find a way not to be there. Cuz I think there is 
and I'm probably being a right ass about it, mm-hmm. but I think there there very clearly is a a an anti Alabama bias. I think people are burned out on Alabama, but that's just me. That's my opinion, and nobody wants to say that. And it's like, why you don't can't we just why don't we just say it? Why the only just... guy who can say that is Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, because if Jim Rome says it, or Pat McAfee says it, or whoever you want to point to. People will lose their minds over it. That's why we have fine moms. People will lose their minds over it. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, it's the Texas is back aversion logic. Very, very well could be. Yeah. They need uh, an elephant. There's a crimson tie. You know. Uh, Land thieves. Not sure how good this OU team is, but they're number one in strength of record and 6-0 and against the spread. They're very good. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, why, why are we? It's almost like we're scared to be like, yeah, hey. Oklahoma beat Texas, number one team in the nation until next week, right? Like, why are we scared to do that? I mean, if if we're going to go with, hey, TV ratings, TV ratings, drama, okay, put OU number one in the country. Knock down Georgia before the Brock Bowers thing happened, right? Yeah. Like, shot over the bow of the Big Ten teams. Okay, cool. And then next week, if OU loses, we'll do the exact same thing. Knock them down five spots because it is what it is. That's the business. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 all I'm asking for. I want to be clear on this. I'm not asking for a particular team to get more love than another. I just want to know what the system is. And I, I think the Jalen Milrow part of this conversation we've been having about Jalen the last couple of weeks, the kid's got 26 sacks. How many of those are his fault? The offensive line at Alabama is not good. He's been sacked 26 times. And I think he's only thrown four interceptions. Yeah, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions, 65% completion. And somehow, you know, like I I think he's holding them back. I truly do. I I think there is a bias against Mm -hmm. him. Tarrant County, boy, Notre Dame has been through some stuff. Yeah. You could say that. Uh, Casey Anthony, I hope Michigan runs the table. Then I'll replay this clip. You probably will. Okay, again, what am I, Casey Anthony, what am I going to say, man? What am I going to say? First comment should be no other than one word, right? One word in your first comment. It's yeah. your brand on the show, man. Yeah, jag off where you at. Yeah, dude. Um, but I there's there is a hell if Michigan's defense is who who they say they are, and who they've been against this lesser talent, they should go. They should be able to go to Happy Valley and win comfortably. Facts. They should be able to beat beat Ohio State at the Big House because that game's not at the shoe. It's in it's in Ann Arbor. You should be you should be able to yeah. sh- no problem. Right? No problem at all. Mm, we'll see. I don't know. Um Casey also says uh Washington would demolish Ohio State. I don't know. That Ohio State defense is but that's the kind of game we all deserve. It is. It is. And whether Ohio State demolishes them or not, I think Michael Penix would he's gonna be a star. Don't mess with Penix, Tarrant County boy. Uh, even with the losses, I'd have Texas and Oregon above Georgia, Michigan, and Penn State. Right now, you would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake, Bama's sketchy QB situation is why. If that position were steady, they'd be ranked higher. Yeah, and you're I, not wrong, dude. I think you're right. I'm not uh, going to agree with her about Michigan, but we have, haven't have seen much of Georgia yet, and they're number one. Seems uh, too, too simple to rank them number one. They're not. They shouldn't be. I agree. James says that uh, J.J. McCarthy is also a junior and has experience. Who cares? Why are we? Ca- 
James, do you walk in here every day and just be like, I, what can I say to piss off? <laughs> How can I get fat ass rolling? Is that like what you like? JJ McCarthy is you. Jalen Milrow has been sacked, I said, 26 times. Do you understand? Like 26, the guy got sacked five times against Arkansas, six against AM, four against Mississippi State, four against Old Miss, five against, he got sacked five times against Texas. I, I mean, it, they're in completely different situations, and he's outperforming him with a more difficult schedule. He is outperforming JJ McCarthy. Yeah. He is a more explosive quarterback, and he doesn't have to run. He does not have to run. And how do you have any kind of positive rushing stats when you're getting sacked 26 times? And by the way, if JJ's a junior, that's not working in his favor, bro. Yeah. And Jalen, to your point, Jalen at Alabama, he's essentially a freshman. He's had zero playing time until this year. Maybe I'm too hard on, on maybe, you know what, you know. Um, JJ Lopes fan Gabe, JJ McCarthy is a better man than you are, Money. He is. Uh, Tarrant County boy, run, Forrest. Run. Nick I, Saban is a better man than you are. It is wild. It is wild yeah. how bad their offensive line is at Alabama. Yeah. It's absolutely wild. Uh, the Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. You guys, I rave about this shaker cup every single day. I rave about it every day. And the thing that I love about it, again, I loved it this morning. I love that the the blender, I'm, I guess I'm not. Somebody pointed out in the comment section, blender bottle uh, has a blender ball and it's copyrighted. All right, cool. There's a ball that blends all your product. It's on a... <laughs> It's on a post. It's on a removable post that goes right into the, the bottom of the lid. And I love that it's on that post. I love that the lid stays closed. It doesn't leak water everywhere. And I I dropped it off of the table this morning while I was working out. I'm telling you, it's the best shaker cup you'll ever own. Get it in any color you want. In the description below, there's a link. You get the shaker cup and three free samples. But you guys... I cannot say enough about the the racked R A C K E D racked B C A's. Any of their pre workouts, and I think we all know, mm -hmm. Bucked Up has the best pre workout in the industry. All of their different models, they have super strong. They have zero stim. Whatever you need, Bucked Up supplements are absolutely fantastic. Never mind their energy drinks. Never mind their Buckshot. Go get the samples now. Don't take my word for it. BuckedUp.com. Uh, or of course, go ahead and click the link in the description below. Um, Neil Brown needs fired. Just got here. Sup, everyone. What's up, Neil? Good to see you. <laughs> Monty loves that his ball is on a post. Dude, you have no idea. Hey, guys. Tarrant County, boy. Shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, shake it. Uh, let's see. He hasn't read where I agree with him that Alabama should be in the top 10. Okay, we're I, not, I but we weren't talking about Alabama being in the top 10. You said J.J. McCarthy is a better Heisman candidate than Jalen Milrow. Anyway, uh, Casey Anthony, wannabe gangster John Morant is a massive jagoff. Thank you. Well, thank you for being on brand. Uh, it's about time. Uh, we got to talk about it, you guys, because I'm telling you right now, this situation with John Morant, dude, this ESPN expose today, 
Mm. is crazy. All of our NBA talk on the Monty Show presented by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Um, ESPN today released an expose detailing the timeline of trouble for John Morant at Memphis. And by all accounts, when he came out of Murray State, there were zero red flags, according to the article. His first year, zero flags. And then they started noticing some things. Like he was late for meetings. He'd show up late, particularly morning meetings, morning team events. And so they started noticing he was going to bars, but wait, he's only 20 years old. Well, yeah, but that's okay. His dad is taking him to bars and strip clubs um, because he's underage. Dude. Okay, well, maybe the dad's a problem. So they notice, and then he makes an all-star game. He's got a private jet, and he's doing a live stream. And he has the world's most expensive bottle of tequila. And he's on this jet, and he is live streaming himself drinking the world's most expensive bottle of tequila. Oh! Well, he shows up hungover, and some say drunk, according to ESPN, this report. Um, his dad is allegedly taking him to strip clubs and bars when he's underage. And then they started noticing that he was like, hey, I'm going to bring my best friend to the game. Okay, no problem, man. And then the best friend turned into an entourage. And John Morant went from a kid that was described as humble and really nice, good family, nice guy, to a guy that the parking lot security dreaded because he would fight with them about where he was able to park. No matter where they asked him to park, he would fight with them. <coughs> and then the staff in the building would dread his arrival because it would come with a an entourage that was tough to deal with. And then you know the rest of the story. And it's remarkable to me that you're this kid who is arguably the face of the NBA at one moment in time, who now is serving a 25-game suspension. ESPN's writing exposés. The head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies met with his whole team and then separately met with John Morant. And everybody came out after those meetings, met with the media after this article came out. We got his back. We support him. We got his back. We support him. And maybe that is that they have his back and they support him. Or maybe it is that he's a guy that is very thin-skinned and is going through it right now. I don't know that he ever gets back to the level he was at. I, I, ser I, I have serious doubts about that. And he reminds me, sadly, of Allen Iverson. You guys remember the Allen Iverson stories? You probably do. Like, he was a heavy drinker. Mm -hmm. There are stories about... You know, his mom would go on a trip and she would park her Escalade at the Philadelphia airport. She'd come back from the trip. She couldn't find it. So he'd buy her another one. Yeah, just, I don't know where it is. So they would find it and it would be thousands of dollars in hawk over parking tickets and parking fees because we're just sitting at the airport. Like, it's crazy stuff like that. And the hard part for me with John Morant is, he might be the best guard in the league when he's healthy. 
and when he's dialed and he's actually playing. But how much are you willing to invest in this guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really difficult question to answer because it's like, you know, what, I mean, at a certain point, it, it's incumbent on Ja to handle it. You know, I mean, at a certain point, an organization who, who you know, is incredibly resourceful. I, I mean, even in Memphis, right? I, I, I don't care what NBA organization you're looking at. They're resourceful. They can do things. They, they can help you. And at some point, though, it comes back on to Ja, whether he's going to make that decision or yes, not. Like, does. whether it's going to be, hey, Ja, we need you to to not bring the entourage anymore, man. And, 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 and we need you to make some changes here because if you make those changes, that's going to allow you to be the kind of basketball player that you want to be on a more regular basis. And, and so it's like, yeah, cool. You know, Taylor Jenkins can have meetings and do things and okay, cool. We got your back, but that's only going to last for so long. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and I think you're right. What makes it worse is, this guy's shown how good he can be. This is different than like, you know, Zion's situation or or anyone else you want to look at who's been troubled off the court. That's what makes this different is like, hey, this guy does have franchise player written all over him until all this happened. And and I don't know. You know, that ESPN article really paints T. Moran as a guy who never made it in the league and is living through his son. And and yeah, it does. And, and, and and as you know, as a son, like John Morant's in this position where, yeah, dude, if you're someone who's thin-skinned, you're going to have trouble hurting someone's feelings a little bit so that you can get along with the business of NBA. And that's the question. Like, he's always going to have the ability to be at the top of the league. He just, he's got to give. But that only goes so far. So John Morant and his entourage walk into a club, according to this article, a, a Memphis business owner who says he's hosted every big-name NBA player one could imagine. And he also dreaded the moment that John Morant and his entourage walked in because it was always a problem. And he says he saw Morant and his entourage getting very disrespectful with a man's life. It got so bad that they actually started to threaten each other's lives. Like, this is the Terrell Owens story the other day. Yeah. Did you guys see the story about Terrell Owens, the wide receiver, the Hall of Famer, the stud? One of the best receivers ever playing pickup basketball. Okay, cool. He gets into an argument with a guy while they're playing pickup basketball. So the guy got in his car and tried to run him over. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing, John Morant, in a club with your entourage threatening to kill people? Right? Like, Taylor Jenkins stewed as they walked into a hotel room early in February 2023. John Morant, their superstar, the hope and future of the Grizzlies, and a man won uh, on the precipice, his very career swirling in question. A post-game confrontation between acquaintances of Morant and members of the Indiana Pacers party had led the Pacers to allege a red laser attached to a gun, perhaps, had been pointed at them from an SUV John Morant was in. Inside the hotel room, the two men tried to convey to Morant how his conduct had become a major concern, how it had impacted the team that was he was supposed to lead facing them, 23-year-old. Their message said one uh, team insider was simple, you're effing this up. 
And now he's got a 25 game suspension because quote, the message just wasn't getting through. He just wasn't in a place to hear anyone or anything. Holy cow, bro. Holy cow. That's wild to me. Mm -hmm. Do you believe it? And I would love to get your thoughts in the comments. Like, do you guys buy into the fact that that John Morant bounces back and he's learned his lesson? Because I do not. Well, I, I think that John Morant as an individual sees the issues. I'm I'm sure. I, I I'm sure of that. But but I don't believe that it, it all of a sudden he's just gonna turn into someone that that's gonna be like, no, no, T, you can't come to the game. Nope, can't, can't. You know, we can't bring gotta the entourage. You. Like we gotta, gotta yeah, you. we gotta be arm's length here. Like I, I, I don't know, and, and and it's like, hey man, like at, at some point you gotta do this, but but at some point if you don't, you're putting your organization in a position where they're gonna trade you and you're gonna get auto waived essentially, or something, mm. because this league is about playing and not being a problem. And yeah, like I, I always say this, I understand that. A lot of a lot of NBA talent come from nothing, and the game is Absolutely. is their life. And it is truly one of the best parts about the NBA is the story that these guys have coming from truly nothing, and in changing everything in their family's history. But too often nowadays, with the advent of the cell phone and you know just how the culture has changed in our world, too often. You've got leeches, and that's what I would categorize T. Morant as, a leech. You're someone that can't get the hell out of the way and let your kid go and do his thing. I'm all for if you raised Ja Morant and helped him get to the NBA, yeah, hey, Ja, you know, can you can you help us a little bit? Pay the house off, pay the car off, like just kind of set us up. I'm cool with that. That's fine. But why bring the guy down? Why? Why take a 20-year-old into a club? or a bar, or a bad situation. Why do that? That's what I don't understand. So is John Morant going to bounce back? The basketball player can walk into any gym tomorrow and dominate you. Sure. I have no doubt about sure. that. But the person, that's that's what I'm just not confident in. Yeah, I, I just don't know how you, I don't know how you fix this, man. I don't know how you fix this. And, and I, I, you know what? I, I feel like there probably is not a way to fix this. That'd be my guess. I feel like there's there's not a way to fix it. And I think when you look at the way that that these cats that these cats go about their business, it's very hard when you say to somebody, "Hey, yeah, you know, uh we're going to need you not to drink that tequila on a live stream." They're going to tell you to buzz off. But They're see like that's a great example. Okay, you're young, you don't get it. You're 20 years old, you got all this money. You went from not having anything to sitting on a private jet with tequila. Okay. The you, most you, expensive like, bottle of tequila right, like, in the world. So I can understand, okay, this kid doesn't this kid doesn't get it. But it's funny you bring that up because the live streaming aspect when all the John Morant stuff happened was the most dumbfounding portion. It's how he got caught. Yeah. Live streaming in a club. Yeah. Live streaming in a car. So both with guns, both yeah. with chicks, live streaming on a jet, drinking the most expensive bottle of tequila. And it's, it's what I keep telling you. We're not getting in trouble differently anymore. It's that we're showing people how stupid we are yes. on social media and live streams. 